Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. sacred moment. It's not a moment that we should take for granted and just think, well, we'll possibly feel this again next week. We're not guaranteed to be here next week. So can we just bask for a moment and enjoy His presence? When we were praying in the back before service, Part of my prayer was, God, allow your Shekinah glory to fill this room. Would it not be a great sight to see the visible presence of God in this room? Let's lift our hands. Let's sing this course. And let's ask God to give us a holy visitation right now. If you're here this morning and you're lost and you feel the presence of God, that is conviction. That is the Lord letting you know that He loves you enough to touch your heart and let you know that you're in need of a Savior. At any time in this moment, you feel like you're ready to accept Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. I'm just going to ask you to grab the hand of the person beside of you and say, will you make this walk with me? 
Church, we're in His presence.
again, I want to say Happy Father's Day to all of our dads. I want to talk about a topic today called Man Up. I want to encourage us as men to step into the calling that God has given you. And that calling for this day and this hour is to man up. Stop being sissies. Uh -oh. God is calling men to be men and man up. Mighty warriors. I'm not talking about macho man, macho dad. I'm talking about manning up to be the man God has us to be to lead our families in the things of Christ. How horrible will it be at our funerals when they say, well, he loved his family. Well, he provided a great life. He was a hard worker. But oh no, he forgot to be the spiritual man and give his family what was most important. Church, being a man in their day and age is not easy. It's more difficult, and especially if we're going to be a man that's after God's own heart, in the midst of an increasingly godless culture. We are trying our best as a culture to degrade manhood. Uh-oh. We're living in a culture that wants a bunch of sissy, pansy boys running around. Yeah, I'm going to preach this this morning, whether you like it or not. It's time for the church to man up. It's time for men to be men and boys to be boys. Lena killed the piano there, didn't she? But we are, Rob. We're trying. Our culture, David, we're trying to degrade manhood. The reality is that most of us men hope and dream of making a difference. We dream of being a hero in our favorite movie. We dream of being successful at work. We, we dream of being used by God and having a, a lasting impact on our communities. And a lot of that sometimes seems impossible, but there are many men in this room this morning, and the reality is this morning, I tell you, it takes intentionality to be those things. Becoming a man of God does not just happen. It's not an accident.
The life of Caleb. If you have your Bibles, if you want to go on over to Numbers 13, we'll be there in just a moment. But the life of Caleb, it offers several lessons about being a man of God. I, I, I love this character in Caleb. He's faithful, he's consistent, he's courageous, and most importantly, I love his determination. Caleb is determined. And God is calling men in 2022 everywhere into a similar example of Caleb in faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. Before church, we were talking about an individual, and the godly example in my life came later in a father-in-law. Even though we disagree on issues... I admire my father-in-law's passion, and I, I admire his conviction. You never have to wonder what you're getting with Stanley Adkins. He's a man of character. He's a man of integrity. He's a hard worker. He loves his wife. He loves his kids. He loves his grandkids. And the day that we have his funeral, we will be able to say of Stanley Adkins that he made a lasting impact, not only on his family, but on his community. Now, again, a man of conviction. He walks his talk. There is nobody... Nobody on the face of this planet that Stanley Adkins would not share the gospel of Jesus with. I don't care who walked in the room. And he's not going to back down from culture either. He's going to go to his grave defending the gospel. When we think about the men of God in our lives, I want to look back at the book of Numbers and I want to see some biblical qualities in a man of God. If you've got your Bibles, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, and I'm going to start at verse 1. And we're going to kind of bounce around here. Verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourself men, so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. Now go down to verse 18. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, whether they are few or many. How is the land in which they live? Is it good or bad? How are the cities in which they live? Are they like open camps or are they fortified? Now let's go down to verse 25. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of the 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and certainly does flow the milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land, and Najib and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb 
plighted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land which we have gone is in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. Let's pray. God, this morning, we just thank you. God, we thank you for many, many godly examples we have in our lives of of men of God. But God, give us, as men, the strength and courage to answer the call to be godly men and to lead our homes, to lead our churches, and to lead our communities. And we thank you and we praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, By this time in Jewish history, when you study, God has already used Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He had led them through the Red Sea, and it closed behind them. They had seen the sea destroy their enemy. We're at a time where Moses had already led them to Mount Sinai, where God has given Moses Ten Commandments, and now Moses has led them all the way to the Jordan River. On the other side of the river is the new home, the promised land, Canaan, living with milk and honey. They had dreamed about this moment for years, Danny, while they were in bondage as slaves in Egypt. But before God allows them, Mike, to enter into the, the promised land, he tells Moses, he says, send out 12 spies, 12 men, 12 leaders of the 12 tribes, Go into this promised land and bring back a report. Now, the spies check out this place for 40 days. They come back and 10 of them said the land is filled with giants and they said there's no way that we can beat them. It's over, 10 of them. But then two of the men... Joshua and Caleb share a different story. They tell the people, trust God. God's going to be faithful. God has promised us that land. He's already delivered us. So let's go on and pursue the promise that he's already given us. Now, at this moment in the story, the people of God have a choice to make. Caleb and and Joshua have delivered an honest report, a faith-filled report, in response to the potential dangers that are there. They could have simply fallen in with the rest of the spies, but these two, they chose to to stand firm and say, no, God has promised us that. That is ours. That is not theirs. We're going to go and we're going to take the land that God has given us. Now, understand these men could have joined the other ten. But instead, they choose to stand firm. They choose to stand bold. Men, we're in a day in our society where we can choose to stand with the masses or we can choose to stand on this. We are bowing down to culture. 
Culture can change every day. But again, my God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is not going to change his mind on issues. Man up and take a stand. Stop bowing down to culture. Oh, boy. What's inspired Joshua and Caleb? What can I learn from Joshua and Caleb? We can learn that they were men of God. And men of God realize we have something that other people do not have at our expense, and that's divine resources. They realize that. Go over to to chapter 14. I think I gave you that one, Connie. Chapter 14, verse 24. But my servant, Caleb. I like this next part. Because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Because Caleb had a different spirit. Have you ever been around somebody and you notice? They complain about everything, every difficulty. Listen, there's nothing we can do if it rains, it rains. If the sun pops out, it pops out. If the wind takes a trampoline and throws it plumb back on this hill, you go look for it. Some people, though, life throws them things, and all they do is complain about it. But then others just kind of take it in stride and they go on with life. Have you ever noticed how some people work and try to get ahead while others are always looking for an easier, shorter way to success? What's the difference? It's what's inside of them that makes the difference. Think about it. You have two balloons, one filled with water, one filled with helium. Tie them together, what's going to happen? One's going to lay on the ground, and one's going to try to stretch to heaven. Why? Because there's a difference, Chipper, of what's inside of them. One's weighted down with all the stuff, and the other one's trying to get away from all the stuff. The thing that makes the difference between a man always straining toward heaven and the one who is content in this world, it is the spirit that lives inside of them. Uh Uh-oh. In order to be a man of God, you've got to have God's Spirit inside of you. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Paul went on to say, be filled with the Spirit. As long as you continue on trying to do your best without accepting Christ, you'll never be all you can be. You'll never achieve what you were meant to achieve. You'll never stand where where you could have stood. The Holy Spirit is the divine resource to be a godly man. So the question is, is are we filled with the Holy Spirit? 
We have a divine resource. And men of God act different than other men. But my servant, Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Men of God act different than other men. We don't look at the same pictures. We don't laugh at the same jokes. Man. There's no hypocrisy in Caleb. Caleb has followed the Lord completely and becoming a man of God. You have to follow the Lord completely. There's no hypocrisy in Caleb. He was not willing to follow the Lord, Mike, just when it was safe. He wasn't willing to just follow the Lord on Sunday morning when all the men in the room were just like him. on this morning I said he wasn't willing to just play it safe on Sunday morning when everybody else in the room was just like him he done it outside of the room he had a different spirit inside of him God send us more men like Caleb huh Men who knows what's right. Men who know what's wrong. Men who are willing to stand up and be counted. Men that, that, that will say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You can bow down to everything else you want to, but my house, we're serving the Lord. Did you notice that Caleb was willing to do whatever needed to be done whenever it needed to be done? Whatever God called him to do, he did it. What are you talking about, Pastor? When the spies are returning from Canaan, Caleb, he wasn't too proud to carry grapes. He didn't think manual labor was beneath him. No, he put it on his shoulder and done the job that was at hand. And let me tell you, Christians, if you are too important to do lowly jobs for Jesus, yeah, I'm going to go there. If you're too good to serve in lowly positions, if you're too good for God to use, uh uh-oh, if we're title searching, Luke chapter 16 verse 10 says, he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. I think some of us think we're too good for God. Caleb followed the Lord completely. Why? Because men of God, children of God, we follow God completely. A man of God also acts differently because he's following God cheerfully. It is amazing to me. It, I, I mean, it, it amazes me the people in our churches today who act like or look like they've lost their long best friend. 
We look like we're sucking on sour lemons. It amazes me the number of people who pout when they put their offering in the offering bags. Oh, boy. It, it breaks my heart when I see people working in the church and they act like it's an obligation or a chore. If you're serving out of obligation and that's the way you feel, don't do it. God doesn't need slaves to serve his kingdom. I mean, he's, he has an empire of love. He wants men and women, children. He wants people who will cheerfully do things. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some things that's just we do them because they need to be done, and it ain't cheerful doing them sometimes. But we do them because man, sometimes they just, they, it just needs done. Well, God didn't call me to clean the toilet. I'm going to brag on her. Parents, have your kids unlock the stall and not crawl underneath of them when they're done using the bathroom. I'll throw your disclaimer in the sermon, Martha. Some kid used the bathroom the other day, and they locked the stall, and I guess they crawled out from under it instead of coming out the door. So what does Martha do? Martha gets down on the ground and crawls up under the stall and gets in there and, 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 and opens the door. Why? Because she don't feel like she's too lowly to do that. It needed done. Now, I'm sure she would have loved to have had a little kid here to say, hey, why don't you crawl under there and do this for me real quick? Or Trina should have done it for her. But we do. We've, I, I, we've, I've had people on staff that would flat out tell me, that's, that's not in my job description. You don't have a job description. Do what needs done. I, I know a church, they don't hide, like, you know how we used to, we'd say, well, we got a youth pastor, a children's pastor. We talked about this the other night in, in our group. But we, we hire, we'll hire them and we'll say, you're the music minister, you're this minister, you're this minister. I've got a buddy of mine, he just hires associate pastors. And in their job description, it's, here's what your focus is, but today it may be this. That's your job description, whatever needs to be done. We just, we, we, we complain, well, that's, uh, God's not called me to do that. It needs done, go turn the water spigot off. Throw the pop bottle away. It amazes me, though, the people that will tell you that's not my obligation. Oh, boy. I'm about ready to run. And not in the spirit, in fear. Jesus said, this, Jesus said he would build his church. And he's going to do it without complainers of laborers and hoarders of money. You want to be a man of God? Serve cheerfully. That's what Caleb did. He just he served cheerfully, practiced having a heart of gratitude, uh, contentment for all that God has given you. Being a man of God, being a person of God, means that we act different than other people. Look at Joshua chapter 14. Joshua 14 verse 10. Now behold, the Lord has let me live. Just as he spoke these 45 years 
From the time the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am 85 years old today. I am still as strong today as I was the day of Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Caleb has followed the Lord consistently. He's become a man of God, and we need to learn what that looks like. Caleb is the person to look at. 45 years after he has gone as a spy, Caleb is still following the Lord, and he says, I'm just as constant today as I was then. I might be 85, but I'm not quitting. Uh-oh. And all these years, Larry, he's never once joined the complainers. He's never quit doing what God has called him to do. He, you know, he was still working in the kingdom. At 85, you don't find Caleb sitting in a rocking chair watching the world go by talking about the good old days. He's not the person that says, well, I'm just going to sit down and let them young whippersnappers take care of it now. No, the young whippersnappers need you to help them get it done still yet. Don't quit. Oh, man. Stay constant. 85 years old, Mike, and he's looking for the next challenge. He was faithful. He's following the Lord in faith. When Caleb and the other spies come back from the promised land, they give their reports. The others are talking about uh, giants and, and fortified cities. They wanted to go back to Egypt. It'd be just easier to go back there and be their slaves, be their servants, than to go fight for what God has given us. Not Caleb. He looks back. He remembers the chains. He's like, I'm not going back to bondage when I've got milk and honey. Why would I go back to that when God's given me that? Because it was dressed in overalls and looked like work. Some of y'all get that in a minute. His mindset was, if God can pull me through those difficulties, if he's worked through those things in my past, he's going to continue to do it in my future. So I'm just going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep going forward. I've got faith that that's my land that God has given me, and I'm going to go get it. Now, men... If you want to be used by God, you got to be like Caleb. we got to work in faith. When difficulties come, when finances are tight, when sickness hits our home, when, when troubles come, when opportunities arise, we need to speak up. We need to remember, God has been faithful back then. Yes, this looks tough. Yes, I don't know the answer, but I know he took care of me back there. He provided back then. He protected me in my past, so I'm going to keep walking because there's nothing back there I need. I don't want to go back to that. There's milk and honey right over there. I just got to fight through this moment and know that God is fighting the battle before me. Man up. We... We have this mindset that we've got this wimpy pretend God. We give him lip service on Sunday, 
But when problems come, oh, problem, problem. Church, he's faithful. Church, he's almighty. Church, he's miracle working. That's the God we serve. He's not wimpy. In difficulties, men of God need to act different than other men. We have divine resources. Look at chapter 14 again, verse 24. Verse 24 says, But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Now go over to verse 36. As for the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, and who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing out a bad report concerning the land, even those men who brought out the very bad report of the land died by a plague in the land. Verse 38, but Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive out of those men who went to spy out the land. Man, you trust in God, there's some rewards there. You're going to outlive your neighbor. The very first reward that they received, Joshua and Caleb's life was saved. These verses read out that the ten spies who rebelled against God died and Joshua and Caleb lived. Church, when you give your life to Christ, you become a new creation. You're saved. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, men of God, Faithful men of God, the word says, we'll be honored. We'll be honored. Not only will God save our life, but he's going to bring honor to our life. In the beginning, people made fun of Caleb. They wanted to stone him and Joshua. They had no respect, no honor. But now the Israelites get to the banks of the Jordan again, and all the older men are dead. Except... Joshua and Caleb. Now, we'll honor you. You were right 40 years ago. He was honored among men. They saw he was different now, Rob. They saw he was a a, a man of God. Listen to me. When Stanley Adkins passes away, he's going to be remembered for a lot of things, but many people are going to remember him as a man of God. Because the life Caleb lived, now some more difficult jobs are coming. If there was a task that nobody could handle, guess who they called? Probably need to get a hold of Caleb. Well, there's three warriors, Larry, in Mount Hebron. No one would try to kill them. 
No one would even face them. But Caleb, give me that mountain. These giants with six fingers and six toes, and they needed driven out of the land so they could possess it. Who's going to go do it? Send Caleb. He defeats them. God's children are safe to go into the land. Church, when we walk with God, we're going to be given difficult tasks. I said earlier, talking about Stanley, he's a man of character, a man of integrity, and a man of conviction. Listen to me. No task changes his mind. It might change the way he works. It might change the way he does things. But you're not going to change his mind on his convictions. He's going to stand. John 16, verse 33. In this life, you will have trouble. We know difficulties are coming. But we walk through them in faith. Knowing that God, for every trial, for every season, we're going to be remembered. For 40 years, Joshua and Caleb have walked in the wilderness thinking, we were right there. But the very thing that we're going to leave behind when we live a life of integrity and we man up, we're going to leave an inheritance for our children. I envy any man that leaves a godly inheritance to his children. Larry, Caleb left his children a blessing. He left them a blessing of a nation that knew the Lord. Caleb left them an example of what a godly father and a godly grandfather looked like. Caleb was faithful. He was bold. He was courageous. He was determined. He left that. Caleb was a man that's worth us modeling our lives after. The Apostle Paul told his disciples, his people under him, he said, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Colleen, if you'll come to the piano. Katie, come play the piano. There she is. Can't walk out at the end of the sermon. <coughs> Men, God has issued a, a call to man up. For us to be godly men. He's looking for men who will daily take up their cross and follow him. In the face of ridicule, in the face of this way may be a little easier. He is looking for men who is going to walk constantly. He's looking for men who's going to take a stand for what's right. He's going to invest his life in something that's going to last for generations to come. God's looking for men who will lead. 
He's looking for some men who's going to wake up today and say, I want to become a godly man. What kind of man are you? <coughs> Is there things that have been stirring in you and you haven't felt them in forever? And today, God's just kind of brought them back to remembrance? Is the day, this day, the day that you're going to answer and say, yes, God, I'm going to accept the call that you've placed on my life? If anything that I have said in this place settles on you or resonates with you, I want you to bow your heads right now. I want you to begin to think about it. This week, men, I want us to consider, not just men, all of us, even become the woman of God. Take time this week to consider the life that you've been living and ask yourself, is this the life that God has called for me? Is this the real legacy I want to leave at my funeral? Is this what I want to be remembered for? Listen to me as a man. If you're struggling, let somebody know. Ask them for help. Ask them for prayer. Ask them for fellowship. Moses didn't send spies into the promised land alone. He sent them together. Jesus didn't send disciples out alone. He sent them out in pairs. We are a spiritual house being built by living stones. One upon another, upon another, upon another. And I say this to tell you this, you cannot do it alone. So again, the Lord has issued a call for us to man up. And if your life has not been as constant as it should be, if you've not been taking the stand for the right things, kind of man are you but if you're stirring right now men I want you to come to this altar I want you to come to this altar if you're ready to man up if you're ready to man up I want you to come to this altar I'm glad one of you are
God, we're humbled in your presence this morning. God, we thank you this morning that you've designed what a family is supposed to look like. God, you've designed the specific roles and you've ordained a mother and a father to lead their families, to lead their children. But God, our culture and our ways have taken what you have made and what you made holy. And the world is trying to create its own version of what family looks like. But God, you ordained family. You did. God, you ordained that a man and a woman should leave their their parents, their family, and those two shall become one. And then you gave the command to Adam and Eve that they should be fruitful and multiply. God, you instituted the family. So we pray for our fathers. We pray for our families. We pray for our children. God, your word clearly instructs us to bring up our children in discipline and instruction of the Lord. God, we pray that you will use men to lead their families. God, that you would raise up godly leaders in churches. Men of character, men of integrity. God, I ask you to strengthen fathers in our nation. Empower our churches to invest in fathers. God, we pray for single dads that are out there doing their best to provide, give physical and spiritual nourishment. decisions to walk away from a family and not be the father that their child needs. Again, we have children suffering because of choices of of parents. But God, I pray today that a, 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 a revival of manhood would sweep our nation. That men would be men godly men God that you would turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children back to their fathers God generational curses 
be broken over families because of decisions of fathers before us. Challenge us today. Challenge us today to be men of God. Constant and steady. Men of integrity, men of character, men of conviction. Can we one more time stand to our feet and do this course? Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.